Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Let's Talk Leicester City podcast. So we've got the Leeds game to discuss, FA Cup coming up in the middle of the week, Celebration Police and QPR next week. So we've got a busy, busy episode. But before we do any of that, James, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Seems a bit strange with this playing Friday night, but yeah, all good. Yeah, again, not a fan of these Friday night games, particularly when we're away from home. And it... It's sort of, and sadly, it comes with the territory of where we are in the league, but top of the league, but our games will be moved more than most teams. And then when you're playing Leeds, it's undoubtedly going to be moved. Yeah, you'd rather that than be middle of the table fighting to get into the playoffs, so you can't complain. No, just Sky TV and all of that. But again, I won't get into a rant about Sky TV and uh, football and moving fixtures because we will be here till tomorrow, six o'clock, when this gets uploaded. We're currently recording this on Sunday at three o'clock. I could happily rant until then about Sky ruining football and all of that, but conversation for a different day. Before we get any further, though, guys, like, comment and subscribe on this video. And James, let everyone else know where they can find it if they're not watching it on YouTube. Um, it's on every podcast platform. Just search um, Let's Talk Leicester City and you'll find it. Um, I think there's three episodes there so far. This was the fourth. Yeah, getting up to consistent Monday uploads. We, we said for a while, but, oh, this is going to become a weekly thing. We were saying that for about four months and it never quite yeah. happened. Now it now it is seeming to yeah. be every Monday, six o'clock or Tuesday, eight o'clock in the morning on podcast platforms. Consistency. Consistency is key, James. Yep. Yeah, it can also help you win the league. It's brilliant transition there. Let's let's move on to Friday night's game against Leeds. So, if games of football were eighty minutes long, I think we would have been talking about an absolute masterclass by Enzo Maresca. Sadly, they're ninety minutes long, and we shot ourselves in the foot in that last ten minutes. Yeah, to be honest, I think we shot ourselves in the foot in the first half. The amount of chances we had, we could have gone in at half time three and up, and the game's over. It's a completely different second half. But one goal lead, they've still got a glimmer of hope. And as you said, last 10 minutes, two deflections, we just fell apart. Yeah, the thing is, I'm not in this, and I know there's been this sort of mindset of almost a victim mentality in our fan base, which I don't like, of, oh, the referee was awful, oh, it's deflected goals. The referee didn't score, didn't miss two sitters for us. The referee didn't concede three goals in 10 minutes. It's like... There has to be a level of accountability. 
We didn't win that game because we didn't put the ball in the back of the net with the chances that we created. No, totally. And I, I think you can say that you can, one hand, you can say there were two lucky deflections, but if you look at it properly, if, you, if, you, if you're charging people down, they don't have a chance to shoot. Um, so because you're letting players have that space, and they had a lot of space in that second half, at least did, where they could probably have scored a few more. Um, but yeah, the two sitters in the first half just did it for me. If you don't, if you can't score them chances, then we don't deserve to win the league, which, which we do deserve to win the league. We've got the best squad there, and missing easy chances like that, it just begs belief. Because yeah, it's been Mavadidi one, which was second half, wasn't it? The um, one yeah. where he was one on one, and it's like I've had this conversation a lot about Mavadidi. I really like him, and as a championship level winger, I think he's right t- towards sort of the top caliber of wingers in the championship. The only two I'd say that probably are better than him is Jack Clark and Somerville. I think both of those probably score that. But in terms of like that's right there, it's the difference between a championship winger and a Premier League winger. A Premier League winger scores from Abadidi opportunity in the second half because the lead-up play to that and getting into that position was fantastic. And like a lot of what Enzo Mareska's philosophy about is about is moving the ball, moving the opposition to create these one-on-one opportunities. But then that is reliant on good finishing when you get into those chances. Yeah, totally. You look at all the top teams and, and chances like that, and, and, and let's be honest, there'll be less in the Premier League. So every chance you get, you need to take. Um, and I think it's one of them chances that you should have took. He was clean on goal. Um, did that side plus the keeper, didn't manage it. Same as Daka chance, exactly the same. It should be buried from there. Didn't even I get the target. So. The Dakar one, for me, like, both of them weren't great. For me, the Dakar one was awful. Absolutely awful. It went closer to a throw-in than it did to the goal. It's like... like You look at Juice Rahul's and Ricardo's reaction after it. It said it all. Like, they were both fuming with him. Because you go 2-0 up there. I think that was around the 60th minute, 65th minute. Goals change games. And it becomes a very difficult game for Leeds to come back into at that point. Didn't score it. Leeds had their moments, but weren't looking particularly dangerous. But then as soon as you sort of, when you're only 1-0 up, the opposition are always in the game. And it felt like a game, the more chances that we were missing, the more likely Leeds were going to take one of these opportunities. And as soon as they took one, Ellen Road was, it was a very different place before the goal than it was after the goal for Connor Roberts. Yeah. I think on the night, one of the turning points that I was looking back on was the Dakar goal mm-hmm. um, that was disallowed and should never have been disallowed because it was, if you look at the rules and, and you just think to yourself, if, if we were in VAR territory, that would have stood. You'd have gone 2-0 up and gone on to win. But I think a lot of times that's gone against us this season. I know people are like, oh, we don't want VAR. Yeah, some, we- some, some weeks you, you get away with it, some weeks you don't. I think looking back on it now, I think that last 10 minutes is all around game management. Mm-hmm. Um, but our game management wasn't the best. Um, and, and that's more of a player's mentality. Um, and, and I think one of the things that disappoints me, and we spoke about this before, we need to start taking teams to the sword. I think in, that first, we in that first half, you need to score goals and take them to the sword. Yeah, we created chances because the Ducker and Mavadili chances were two that keep coming to mind. They were in the second half, but it's like 
even if you take one of those at 2-0, it's a very difficult, uh, different game. My thing is, and I slightly disagree here, I know that the Dakar goal that was from the corner where Vestergaard hit the post and was um, ruled out offside, like it should have stood. But I understand why without VAR that wasn't given because it was so hard for the linesman to tell if the ball came off the Leicester man or the Leeds man. But for me, regardless of that, we had enough chances to to finish that game off. Um, it's that killer instinct that we've talked about a few times. It's just lacking in front of goal. And most times this season, we've got away with it because we've created those chances, haven't taken all of them, but because the opposition hasn't been great, that you get a few more chances. Against Leeds, they're the best team in the league alongside ourselves and Southampton in terms of quality in their squad. It's like you can't afford against second place in the league not to be taking those opportunities. No, exactly that. Um, and, and I think that's why it boiled down to the end of the day. We didn't take that opportunities and, and, and we're lost. If you don't take your chances and you generally lose games. Um, so that's a disappointing thing for me is we're, week in, week out, we see us not taking chances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably the one of the things in, in the January transfer window we spoke about. We need a striker that can finish. My my thing is with that Dakar chance, I think Vardy get if Vardy's on the end of that, he scores. If Cannon's on the end of that, he scores. But the only question mark is, do they get into that position? I think Vardy probably, Cannon probably, but you you never know. And I think what keeps is keeping Dakar in the team at the moment. Ironically, I thought he had one of his better games up until that moment, is his work off the ball and his sort of ability to drop deep, his ability to work incredibly hard defensively and press from the front. But it's all well and good doing that. And I think that is very important in terms of his game. But if you're not putting the ball in the back of the net as a striker, that is your primary job. Like All of the extra stuff that he does is fantastic. And I think you can't just dismiss it because he's frustrated you. But also, in those big moments, which it was uh, his chance, you have to be stepping up. And he was, and he massively, massively didn't. Yeah, I, I thought we had a good game. Let's look at the first goal. It was unbelievable, that header. To pull that to the back post from where he was standing. And he created that goal out of nothing. So, I thought he had an OK game. Apart from his finishing has always been a bit of a doubt with me. He, he does the great link-up play. does the great assisting. He'll go and fetch and carry a ball. But his finishing has not been the best. And I think I think there's only Vardy that, that I'd call it a clinical finisher that we've got at the minute. I've not really seen enough of Tom Cannon to see if he is that clinical finisher. Yeah, with Tom Cannon, I think he could be. But as you say, it's such a limited sample size that it's very easy to say, yes, he would have finished that chance. But it's like, we don't really know. Because like, whilst I love what we've seen of Tom Cannon so far, it's such a small sample size. Yeah, and I, I think the Mavadidi chance and the Dak chance, Vardy's on the end of that, it's a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Same at least, at least works the goalkeeper. Saying that, it's very easy to say, isn't it? But then you look at the chances Vardy's missed this season, like the one where he was, was it? It was Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Where you'd put his house, like your house on him scoring that. So it's like, I think particularly the Dakar chance, Vardy probably would score that. You can't guarantee anything, but it was a huge, huge moment. And I think we knew it by the reaction of the players around us. And I, I was watching the game with Luke, who is uh, uh, Leicester City Down Under, who we do the roundup show with. 
And I said to him at the time, it's like, if we don't make Leeds pay here for giving us these opportunities or for us earning these opportunities, they will make us pay. And that's exactly what happened. And that last 10 minutes was just complete collapse. Yeah, I know. How many times now have we seen us be 1-0 up into the 80th minute and then concede? Um, and then he started taking... The only way to get around that is to start taking these chances, which I think they need to. Um, one thing I, I want to say was, is around Ricardo. Last season and the season before, he wouldn't be able to do two games without being injured. He's a completely different transformed player. He's back to the Ricardo we saw at the start, and he had another unbelievable game on Friday. He was fantastic. He got the most ridiculous yellow card as well early on, didn't he? Yeah. What looked like an absolute beautiful tackle, but I'd touch wood because I don't want to be jinxing it. Like He looks like he's... I don't want to say he's back to his best because I still think what we had before with Ricardo at right back, he was sort of in that top five in Europe category. But the bloke should not be playing championship football. He's an absolute level above this league. Yeah, he is. Um, and, and I think he, he, the way he's played at the minute, he, he's obviously not really right back at the minute. He's helping the midfielder, and I think he's doing a fantastic job. Um, and, and I think he's been, looking back, he's been one of the players of the season that I didn't really expect much from him because of his injury record, but I think he's proven a lot of people wrong that with with the right coaching and the right training regime, he can be back to his best. So I think how, it'll be interesting how he does, if we, if we can go over it, how he does next season. Yeah, it, what I will say, and again, we've got plenty of time to talk about this in the summer, is I do think we need someone to rotate with him in that role because he can't play every single game. And I do think that Chowdhury, whilst at a championship level, you can get away with it. I don't think Premier League level, you get away with a Chowdhury playing as an inverted fullback. Um, I get that. I don't, I don't think Chowdhury was getting away with it on Friday night, if I'm honest. Um, he, he looked terrible at times. I thought he did an all right job, you know. Like On the ball, there's always question marks. But I think he was very much put in that team to try and prevent Leeds countering because we know how ruthless Leeds can be with the likes of Somerville, Nonto, Rutter on the counter. I thought he was more put in there to sort of almost act as a shield and get uh, stop that um, stop that Leeds counter. Yeah, and he's great at that, but his passing was horrendous. Again, yeah. Which again, that I think me. as a footballer, surely you should be able to pass a ball. I think if someone else, say if Ricardo had put that performance in that Chowdhury had, we would be calling it a disaster class. But I think it's because you, what you expect from Chowdhury is defensively he will put yards in, he will work hard, and he will be he will be competitive. But you, we know he's lacking on the ball. Yeah, totally. Um, it just, it just against Leeds. It, I was just disappointed because you, you don't want to lose the board against Leeds because you know how fast they can be and how they can counter attack you. Um, so some the, the few wobbly moments that, which worried me, but on, on the whole, up until that 80th minute, I thought they played okay. Well, I thought we played really well up until the 80th minute, and then let's get into that last time, 10 minutes because unfortunately, a game of rugby is 80 minutes, a game of football is 90 minutes, and but his last 10 minutes, complete capitulation, completely. Like, as soon as that first goal went in for them, it felt like not a not an sort of if, if the second goal will come, it was when the second goal will come, and it came very quickly after. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Game management mentality wasn't there. The, the, the team of old would go one, they'd score a goal, and then they'd go the other end and score again. Um, what, what we're doing is, as soon as we can see the heads drop, oh, it's kind of like, oh, here we go again. And then, like you say, the second one came minutes later, which everyone was expecting. Um, because we just have that downfall, which is what I said earlier. We need to be going 2 0 up into the 80th minute to try and protect ourselves these days. The worrying thing is in that, it's like as good as our, our backline has been this season with Bestergaard, I thought, again, who actually I thought had up until the 80th minute a very, very good game. Same as Wild Bays and James Justin. I thought all three of them were very good. But in that 80th minute, when it starts going a bit hairy and a bit sort of like, it's not looking so good and you've got to dig in slightly. That's where you need a real leader at the back. And it's like, as much as each of those players individually are very good, I don't think we had a real leader at the back there. No, and also the last 10 minutes, I'd probably like to see a bit more traditional centre-back play. Whereas if you get the ball, just put your foot through it. There seems to be a lot of tapping around in the last 10 minutes and we lose the ball and concede. Just get rid of it. Um, and use the outlet. Go on, more. James, save the line, save the line. No, save line. get it forward. No, just put your foot through it. Um, uh, and that'll help you more. Um, I mean, I think Vestergaard, the first goal, I don't know what he was doing, if I'm being honest. No, it, it wasn't great, but my thing is, I understand why, like, you want to try and play attractive football and like expansive football, but. Like, I was watching Man City yesterday playing Bournemouth. Watch that last 10 minutes for Man City. But the amount of times there were balls played down the channel or sort of maybe not always going for playing out from the back. But they were still keeping the ball. But, like, when it was in their own final third, a lot of that time that was long balls played up and then they built from there and then they started the possession football to run down the clock and really, um, really frustrate Bournemouth. I feel like... At times, you, we were shooting ourselves in the foot, and I'm not going to be one of those that's saying, "Get it forward, get it forward." Like I understand why we play the way we do, but it's like you said, James, it's the game management. Yeah, and, and and if you look at Man City's probably good example is is last ten minutes they do get it forward, and I've said it now. Um, but their midfield picks up the second ball. They, they know that they're not might not win the first ball, but their midfield rules pick up the second ball, and they go back to possession football. Um, and that possession football is difficult if you're trying to do it in your own penalty area, because one slip and they score. Whereas if the ball's in their half, chances are they're not going to score straight away. And I think that type of game management mentality has been lacking the last few games for me, is around sometimes you have to go back to old school and just get it out and do whatever you need whatever you need to do to get that ball away from that goal. Yeah, and to an extent I agree, but you also can't just lump it forward and then get everyone behind the ball because you do no. have to have an outlet and yeah. if not, it becomes wave after wave of the opposition attack. But it's like, it seems like, you could feel after that goal, the yellow road crowd becoming more and more a part of the game. And I don't know, it's it's one of those without sounding as I'm I'm really careful of sounding like a get it forward kind of merchant here, but there is just game management, isn't it? Yeah, and in the past few weeks we spoke around decision making by Mavadidi, Fatalu, and I think Dakar as well, we've mentioned a few times. But also we need to think about decision making and the back four. 
there's mm-hmm. times where you should be passing it around the back and using the outlets, but there's also time where you should be putting your foot through it and getting it out. You shouldn't be doing it all the time, but I think it's that decision-making at the back which is causing us these issues at the minute. Yeah, and there's something to be said that against Leeds and both Ipswich games, we were leading into the 90th minute, uh, sorry, in the 80th minute, but all three of them didn't win one. Yeah, exactly that. It's that game management. And a lot of teams will play possession football and just stop the opposition from getting the ball. If they've not got the ball, they can't score. Um, yeah. But I think we'll just give the ball away easily and then they attack. Yes, there were two deflections, but it was always coming. And if you don't close these people down and let them shoot, chances are it's going to either go in or ping off someone. thing is, I've seen... This is where I get frustrated. I've seen a lot of sort of people saying we were unlucky with that first goal. You're not unlucky. It's like you create your own luck in football. It's like I would say we were unlucky if it was sort of deflected like that, but the defend but the midfield really closed the man down and like had done absolutely everything to prevent the goal. Not everything was done there to prevent the original goal. I think it was Connor Roberts who scored the first one. You need to get close to him, get tight to him to to close either down his option of a cross or the shot that he took. Yeah. You close them down, you put the person under pressure, they have to think faster um, of what they're going to do. And you might not have shot, you might have passed it, but but that closing down has always been a problem, uh, I think, over the last few seasons, if I remember. You remember company's goal, nobody closed him down from his own penalty area. Um, And that's, that's another example. And I think the Ipswich goal earlier this season, no one closed them down. If you don't close the people down, giving them a chance to, to score and, 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 and get the plaudits. And I just think sometimes our game game management switches off slightly in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. The thing is, I don't think Enzo Maresca could have done any more against Leeds. I think he got everything bang on. Like, you look at the way that we played, like, that game should have been out of sight when we get to the 80th minute. But one thing I would say is the changes didn't quite make sense to me. I would have thought bringing Albrighton on would have been a better shout than McAteer in that situation. Someone being there, done it, experienced, got the know-how to see out games. Because the drop-off from Mavadidi to Albrighton or McAteer is very big at this stage. But at least with Albrighton, you know what you're going to get. With McAteer, he just looked like he absolutely froze when he went onto that pitch. Yeah, and I think I think Mac is a strange one. Since he's been injured, he doesn't he's not come back anywhere near that I thought he would do. Um but yeah, it, it probably makes sense to bring all, all Brighton on um to help with that. So I think yes, that was a strange one. Um I, I think once we can get Doyle playing more, um I think that'll help us. Um hopefully against QPR here we're playing. Um no doubt Nelson will play because uh, Vestergaard's suspended. Yeah, which brings us on nicely. Also, this is Connor Cody's chance now with Vestergaard suspended to really step up and make a claim because Vestergaard's made himself practically undroppable this season. I, For Connor Cody, it feels like now or never kind of kind of territory for him. Yeah, I, I think you get someone different in Cody. He might, he might not be as good as defender as Vestergaard, but he will control that back four. And for me, sometimes we haven't got a leader in that back four that's controlling that back four. And I think that's what we need at the minute. And, and that might help us massively. Yeah. he's Obviously, he's got a couple of very big games coming up. And like if he 
what I'm hoping to see is some very solid performances from him. And then you really put yourself in the conversation because it can only be having it can only be a good thing having multiple players going for the same position instead of having one player guaranteed to start. So that can only be a good thing. But before we wrap up the Leeds game, we have got our three word review. So if you're not already, do follow us on Twitter. Um, so the three, let's get into some of the three word reviews. CMLCFC saying sell Pats and Dakar. Um, Luke going for Pawson, linesman, poor finishing. David going for Pawson, Dakar, Mavadidi. And I went for embarrassing last 10. You didn't leave your three word review, James. No, because I was that annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of it, I just didn't know what to say. <laughs> Lost four words. There you go. Three, three <laughs> word review. <laughs> but it's one of those, but I'm really frustrated and I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not. But at the same time, I think we got what we deserved for not killing the game off. Yeah. To think we're, so we're only six points ahead now. Every game now is a cup final. Um, and I said, I said last week, I, I've been choosing this game off completely. Happy Cup doesn't matter. We've got 12 cup finals coming up and we need to win every single one of them. Yeah. Um, the thing is, the thing that worries me is I've started to see this mindset of last year, oh, we'll be fine and all of that. I, I'm not hearing that. I'm not hearing that at all. That was the mindset last year that got us relegated. Now it's about a bit of accountability of what's happened over the last couple of weeks. You get on the horse again against QPR and you ride forward. Yeah, totally. And I know a lot of the pundits were saying, well, they lost to Middlesbrough and Leeds before, and they were the two losses before. We went on a massive run after that, and they need to do that again. They need to go, right then. We're six points clear. We need to start winning games. Every game now is a cup final. We need to go out there and winning and showing this league that we're going up as champions. What you don't want. Is I think it was Sheffield United a few years ago were topped by miles and then ended up scraping through in the playoffs. We can't let this be a bottle job and completely fall off. No, it's thing is it's not time to panic, and I'm not hearing any of that. But at the same time, it's not time to say, "Oh, we'll be absolutely fine." It's time to really get your heads down, work hard, and go on a run of and put some serious performances in because we've got QPR coming up. That is a much bigger game now than it should be. Yes, I think you're right. I think I think you just need to go out there and, and, and take each game. That league there is now for ours to lose. Mm-hmm. We're in the driving seat. We're six points clear. Not not every not. I don't think a single team is going to go twelve games unbeaten <coughs> from now to the end of the season. But we have to go out there and try and win every single game. We might draw a few, but Leeds, Southampton, Ipswich are not going to win every single game. Well, it's impossible for them to because they play each other. Yeah, totally. And we play Southampton, don't we? So it's one of those that, like, I've still got faith that we'll we'll finish top of the league and we'll go up. But again, it's like, it's ridiculous that we're even having this conversation. It just shows the insane pace that this league, like the over top of the league, but it's being set by ourselves, Leeds, Ipswich and Southampton. Yeah, 
I think I think the killer question here is how is how is Nacho going to score fifteen goals in twelve games? I knew that was coming at some point. <laughs> but anyway, let, something that I wanted to talk about quickly before we get into the FA Cup game. So mention it at the start, the celebration, please. Of like, I'm sick to death of like, and I know it came against us with Leeds, obviously celebrating like a massive game and a massive three points for them. Why are teams not allowed to celebrate big wins anymore? Because a couple of weeks ago, it was Jamie Carragher moaning on Sky, telling players to get down the tunnel. I think it was after Arsenal beat Man City, or it might have been after they beat um, they beat Liverpool. But it is doing my head in this obsession of like celebration, please, not allowing fans to celebrate. If you look at the Leeds game, so they went into it, they were nine points behind. You're playing top of the table um, and your aim as a fan of Leeds United is to catch whoever's top and try and be top yourself. And to win 80th minute as a Leeds fan, you're probably thinking, God, 1-0 down, but you, you win 2-1. It's a massive result. You're now only six points behind the leaders uh, and you're in the title race at the end of the day and that's what that will boil down to. So, yeah, go and celebrate to your heart's content. Um, I've got no problem with it. You've just won a great game. Um, and now you're only six points behind the leaders, so go and celebrate. And I think any team that doesn't celebrate, they're a bit weird. Yeah, it's just strange, isn't it? This mock, this obsession of sort of mocking fans for celebrating. It's like the amount of money we spend on following our teams, like whether that's the occasional game, whether that's going up and down the country, is a huge commitment. It's like you want. Why should you not celebrate the big moments and the moments where you're sort of right up on top of the world it's it's ridiculous and it's like i i always talk about this but earlier on this season we got sort of criticized for over celebrating for beating robberham away in a game where we weren't great and it was casey mcateer academy lad scoring his first two goals for the club but if you can't celebrate these kind of moments and these kind of stuff in football then what's the point that's the point of being a fan. You, you, you choose a team to support. And then when they do well, you celebrate. And when they don't do so well, you kind of commiserate. So whenever your team wins, you should be celebrating. Um, and I don't understand why someone should say, well, you shouldn't be celebrating that. Why? It's a massive win. Same yeah. with the Arsenal one a few weeks ago. Again, top of the table clash, Arsenal won. Of course the players are going to be happy. Of course the fans are going to celebrate. Why wouldn't they? It's, it's just a strange mindset, isn't it, that seems to be creeping in more yeah. and more. But again, it was just a little sort of side topic that I wanted to talk about today, but it's just strange for me. But let's well, talk about you. Oh, sorry. One last point on that, which really does my head in, is around players that move to different clubs and score goals against their old teams and they're not supposed to celebrate. Why not? Just, mate, just run that. Like, as long my thing is, as long as it's in a respectful manner, like do crack on, you celebrate, you're scoring for your new team. It's like I don't, I, I don't get that one either, to be honest. No, it's it's, it's always been a weird one, I think. If the players moved on them, celebrate and scored a goal. Um, it's like as long as you don't go Addy by or fully run down the pitch and celebrate in front of Yeah, in front of your <laughs> opposition fans. But, but as, a, as a striker, you score a goal, and every striker's got goal bonuses. So mm -hmm. you score a goal, they're going to get more money, so why would you not celebrate? 
Yeah, and also massively helping out your new club, obviously, by potentially yeah. picking up another win. But yeah, it's, it's strange, isn't it? But let's let's have a chat about Tuesday night. FA Cup against Bournemouth at the Vitality. For me, and I don't know if I'm being unfair here, or sort of, I'm not too bothered about it. Like, a couple of weeks ago, I really wanted us to go hard at this. For me now, it's Saturday, QPR is a priority. Rotate in this game, and if we get through, great. If we don't, it is, it is what it is. Yeah, I think I said last week, heavily rotate for it. Uh, the league, the priority. Um, we're not, we're not going to win the FA Cup this year, not with the squad we've got, um, but we can win the league. So for me, heavily rotate, protect your assets, and then hit QPR, QPR with everything we've got on Saturday. Yeah, it's... It's one of those that I think it, it opens up opportunities for players like Connor Cody, um, like Ben Nelson, who are sort of on the edge of the squad to get a bit of game time, maybe potentially at gun. But I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see at gun because it might be a bit of a waste of one of his appearances that gets him sort of closer to that. Is it 25 appearance marks where we have to sign him? So I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him. But even you like Sir Tom Cannon, I think. We'll see those kind of players, those that are on the fringe of the squad, and they could potentially sort of make a claim for why they should be starting. But I don't expect to see a particularly strong lineup. No, not at all. I, in, in, and like I said, I protect your assets. I, I don't want to see Mavadidi anywhere near that squad. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Fatter as well. I'd play O'Brien, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. Um, and just rotate, just as rotate what we can. Obviously, we need to keep players fit and match fit, etc. But I think the ones that have played quite a few games, like Deesby Hall, etc., I wouldn't play them at all. Yeah, same as Ricardo Pereira. Ricardo Pereira should be nowhere near this game. Yeah, um, and if we if we win, get a draw, well done. If we lose, not that bothered. No, the only thing I'd say is I would, if we get through, I would love to get Cobb away in the cup again, just because of what happened last time and right the wrong of that. But if we don't. It is what it is. I think that, as we say, QPR is the priority on Saturday. Yeah. So, like I said, uh, rest rest what we can choose and hit them with all guns blazing on Saturday and, and absolutely tear them to pieces. Yeah. QPR on Saturday. A game on paper should be three points. As we've said many times, Q, uh, football is not played on paper. QPR will be coming here knowing that We'll be looking to bounce back, so that, um, but there's going to be frustration around the last couple of games. I can't see them coming to try and play football. They're going to try and get everyone behind the ball to make it as frustrating as physically possible for us. Yeah, they will. They'll park the bus. Um, their main, their main play playmaker, um, obviously now plays for Prison FC, um, but he played at the weekend, and I don't get that at all. But yeah, so. I haven't quite understood what's happened with um, with um, Elias Chair, but again, I'm not going to get into it now. We'll, I will do my research after the podcast because I feel like I, if I say anything, I could put my hot foot in some boiling water. So, um, <laughs> obviously, we've got QPR. Then I believe is it Sunderland following that up, and then Hull. So, yeah, two difficult games after QPR. But this is the type of time of season where you really show your metal and show what you're about. Yeah, kick on. Definitely kick on. So of them three games, 
I'd probably look, I'd probably, I don't know if it's going to sound arrogant, I'm probably looking at nine points. Well, this is what you said earlier, mate, and I don't think it does sound arrogant. Every game we've got to look at, we can go and get three points. It's like, if we're not looking at these those kind of games as three points, that's when Leeds, Leeds and Ipswich will start to worry you. Because at the moment, I'm not too concerned about either of them. But if you start dropping points in those kind of games, that's when Leeds become a big shark behind it, behind you and you start hearing those, uh, the Jaws theme tune of... <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but yeah, just just keep going. Uh, every game is a cup final and every team we should be going there going... Right, we need three points off this. We're going to get three points off this because I think we've probably got an easy run in the most of them, and we need to capitalise on that. Yeah, it's to be fair. I don't know if um, I'm not too sure about the running, if I'm honest. Um, but again, I don't look at fixtures too much on paper because the, the points for Southampton and Leeds particularly have dropped this season. Have been to teams that are not in that top half. Typically, they've been to teams that are towards a bot, uh, sort of bottom half of the table. So it's one of those. It's like it's, it's what we keep saying: football's not played on paper; it's played on grass. Yeah, and if you look at the league itself, there's probably twelve to fourteen teams that are going to play every week like a cup final. Um, whether they're in a title race, a playoff race, trying to escape relegation. So, so this last part of the season is going to be hectic for everyone. Um, but we can capitalise on that. We've got the best squad and we need to use that squad to win games. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, but just before we do finish, in case anyone is tuning into a video late, James, let everyone know where we can find the podcast if they are, obviously, if they've watched it on YouTube but would like to hear it as a podcast. Um, we're on all major uh, podcast platforms. So if you go on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, even if you ask your Alexa. Um, and just search for Let's Talk Leicester City and our podcast will appear. Brilliant. Make sure to do that. Also, follow us on Twitter because we're putting out more and more polls and we're putting out different bits and pieces on there that we're going to be trying to bring and integrate into the podcast. Obviously, we're doing a free word review that James very, very kindly got involved in this week and definitely didn't didn't forget to uh, put his free word review in. But <laughs> make sure to follow uh, us, us on Twitter. All the links will be in the description as always. But I think we've covered just about everything, James. Yep, looking forward to Tuesday night and then QPR Saturday. Yeah, another busy week. And this part of the season is just going to be relentless up until May, isn't it? With games midweek, Saturday, midweek, Saturday. Yeah, but just keep giving us the points and we'll keep pulling away. I love the confidence. Anyway, guys, thank you so much to everyone who has been watching. Like, comment, subscribe, but I will see you guys in the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.